All right, guys, welcome back to the ALG podcast. I am your host, John Arpino, and we can stop recording right now because I messed up the whole intro I wanted to no. do. I do this every time. No, we're not, we're not stopping. We're no, running we with the flow. We are authentic people. We're just going with it, man. All Come right. on. <laughs> welcome back to ALG podcast. I'm your co-host, John Arpino, J-Arb's Journey. Alongside me is my partner in crime, Fit D-Rock. David, how are you doing today? I am phenomenal. We're and talk- this Go is going to be interesting because your boy just drove – uh, 14 hours from Georgia after picking up a puppy and then being up all night, getting home at 3 a.m. this morning, dealing with a puppy all day. So we're, we're wired on, on some rain right now. I'm going to be honest. And this is not even a sponsored sponsored thing. This is He's just lying. <laughs> He's so lying. He wants that sponsorship so bad. All right, cool. So today joining us is a very special guest, someone who has impacted my life personally, who honestly, and this is no bullshit, if it was not for him, there would be no journey. It would just be J-Arp, and that's pretty boring if you ask me. So without any further ado, our guest today is the one and only Steve Arnone. Steve, how you doing? What's going man? on, boys? How you doing, How's man? Everything? I'm good. I'm good. Good, 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 good. Getting by with this. Yeah, I feel you, man. Everyone's hunkering down. We're in quarantine. We haven't seen each other in two months, and uh, I miss you, man. I miss you too. Too long. Too long. So today, Steve, I'm going to take the spotlight off me for a change. And today, it's all about you. This is new. Very new. Very Very new. new. (laughs) So, Steve, for those that don't know, um, how much weight have you lost? I, from my heaviest to my lightest, I lost uh, 115 pounds. Very nice. And you did that all naturally, right? Oh, yeah, baby. No, no surgeries, no, uh, no diet pills, no tummy teas. <laughs> no, no tummy teas, no, no stomach wraps, nothing like that. And uh, since you started your journey, you, um, you took it to the next level, didn't you? So why I don't did. you just uh, tell us what you've been up to since, since dropping the 115, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into your backstory. Well, uh, since I started the whole weight loss journey, my goal was pretty much to eventually compete on stage. So basically the first thing that I did once that 115 pounds was off and that, that body fat was gone was start that next step to getting on stage for the first time and then continuing from there. And how many, how many times have you competed? I've competed four times now. Very nice. And what class have you uh, competed in? I've done classic physique and bodybuilding, but uh, looking like the future is going to stick with just classic physique. Very cool. And All right. So one question, just for, for, for clarification, for anyone that's listening to this, what is competing exactly? What is physique competing, classic physique? What is it? So it's pretty much getting your body to a level that is just extremely, extremely difficult. And then after putting in all the work, getting up on that stage, competing against others who have done the same, and just being able to present it in a way that pretty much just shows your strongest points hides your weakest points to the best of your abilities. So, bas- so basically, it's, it's trying to look as yoked and sexy on stage as possible. Pretty much to get judged. Yeah, <laughs> to get judged. By, by, I, I respect it. I've done once. I'm, I'm intrigued um, as we, as we kind of peel back the onion and talk to each other. I'm so intrigued to like, get your experience and everything. I just competed my first show back in November. And so it was a, it was a roller coaster of emotions. So I, I'm, it's, it's, I'm intrigued to see how, how ex- your experience was as well. Oh, yeah. There's nothing like it. That's for sure. So, Steve, I want you to roll back time and take us back to the beginning, okay? Mm. Um, Would you say that you were always an obese child? Were you overweight as a kid? Um, I would say once I got to about seven, eight years old, that's when it really became an overweight issue. I wasn't just a 
that baby fat kid anymore. Right. And I think that that turning moment was playing football as a young kid. You had weight limits, right? So that first year of me signing up, seven years old, I was good. I hit eight. All of a sudden, it was, oh, sorry, you're a couple pounds overweight. You're too heavy to play with these kids. That was like my first, wait, what? Like, right. there, there's an issue to this. Right. And then it kind of just continued to progress from there. But due to football, we kind of took advantage of the size and, you know, used it to my ability, which helped me, but also, I believe, hurt me. Gotcha. Now, did your parents ever kind of say, hey, Steve, you know, you're getting a little heavier, you're getting a little big, maybe we need to, you know, adjust some things? Or was it just kind of peachy cane at home and everything was just, you know, you don't really remember having to go on diets as a kid and stuff like that? Um, I remember when I was younger, more elementary school, that's when it they showed that kind of interest in, all right, we need to do something about your weight before it does turn to something serious. Like my doctor would tell me like, listen, if this continues, you could be diabetic. Like right. these are real problems you could face. So then yes, we did, we used diets. I tried the South beach, slim fast, all that stuff. Like, you know, right. But uh, really once I got into high school and was playing higher level football, trying to go to college for it at that point, it was just kind of just, all right, let him do his thing and see where it rolls. Okay. Okay. So what you said before, your doctor warned you about maybe being pre-diabetic. Did you have any ailments as a kid? Like for me, I had very bad asthma as we both know growing up, but it seemed like you were pretty, pretty healthy on the spectrum of not having really diabetes, asthma, sleep apnea or anything like that. Right. Cause you were very yeah, athletic no. even when you were heavy. Yeah. I was definitely blessed with that. I didn't have any of those ailments. Thank God. Okay. And now you, that question, that question. definitely would have made it worse. Right. What, what, what size we took? I'll be honest this is our first conversation together. So I don't, I don't know any of the backstory on any detail. What's what, what kind of size are we talking about? Like when you were in high school and you were just being a big boy, being a big football player, what size are we talking about? Um, well, I'm about five, ten and a half, and I was 315 pounds. Woo. Okay. At what yeah. point were you 315 pounds in high school? Um, well, when we, I graduated high school in 2013, we went right into a summer camp for football. When I decided to stop playing football, that was about two months after graduating that's when I weighed in, saw that heaviest weight on the scale. Okay. So now you see this heavyweight, right? You're going to college. You are aspiring to be a college football player. You're hit with this huge weight. You know that you can't go, you know, on much further being, you know, at, at this point, what, where do you take it from there? Um, at first, I honestly didn't know. All I knew was that where I was in life doing what I was doing, I was absolutely miserable. Mm -hmm. So at first I went home and I was lost. Right. That's where I talk about, like, I eventually got to that moment where it hit me and I was sitting there at the end of my bed realizing like, shit, if I do want to change and not feel like this anymore, I have to act on it and I have to do something. Otherwise I'm just forcing myself to stay with this. Now you what were never, some of the, no. what were some of the eating habits at the time? Just like, so uh, it was, was it just much eating anything. healthy, but just too much? Or was it, what were you doing? No, no. It was, it was a lot of everything. Even like in high school for the, uh, for the varsity people, like the seniors, after we would do a lift or a practice, uh, our coaches would delegate the underclassmen to make us fucking peanut butter and jellies. <laughs> we would have pasta parties. You'd go home, eat whatever you wanted. We'd go out to lunch, get McDonald's, go back to school, eat more lunch. And, you know, that just continues. But now you were never judged I mean, from what I remember in high school as a fat kid. And I think that, I mean, it, you know, you can say if I'm wrong or not, but I think that that is attested to the fact that you were really active, you were involved in sports. So I don't feel like you were put on the pedestal 
that much as like one of the fat kids, like me, mm-hmm. for example. I remember a lot of, of getting bullied when I was heavier. But I feel like for you, because you were on the sports team, because you were a quote unquote jock, you were not, you know, you weren't made fun of like that. Would, would mm. you say that that is uh, that is correct? To yeah, to a degree, that's I definitely feel that that's true. I don't get me wrong. I had my bullies. I I heard those backhanded compliments and the the voices from around the corner and all that. Mm-hmm no matter where it may be, but I definitely think that you're right. Me being active in sports and in the school sports, especially definitely kind of helped me not go into that realm. Thankfully, because as we all know, like bullying is, it's absolutely horrible to anybody, let alone a developing young kid. So I'm blessed that I didn't have to really face that too much. Right. So, so now you're faced now with being 315 pounds. You, you're, like I said before, you, you're wanting to go to college. You know that you're a little bit too heavy, too big for your size. What do you do? What is the first thing that Steve Arnone does to try to get this weight off? Are you doing it on your own? Are you consulting somebody? Oh, no, I'm going right to my family. So my cousin, brother, whatever you guys want to call him, I've known him since the day I was born, thanks to my older brother, who is his best friend. Uh, I contacted him immediately, told him straight up, like, listen, this isn't healthy. I'm done with football now. Like, that, that journey's over. Right. Time for a new one. We got to do something to save me because this isn't going down a good path right now. And then it was basically from there we just slowly sprung into action. So why did you decide not to go the football route? Because at that point in my life, and basically because of my size, I knew that I didn't have what it took genetically to really go to that next level. I wasn't going on a full ride scholarship to some division one huge school where I could sign an NFL contract one day. Like, well, let's be real. I was five foot 10. I'm a white kid from Massapequa <laughs> Park. And yeah, I was strong and I was big, but I was fat and I was slow also. Right. So, you know, I, I didn't really have what it took to put my body through that and deal with all that for not much at least for me, I didn't see it as much in the end. Right. I got you. So now who did you consult? You said that it was your, your brother's friend. What is his name? So everyone Yes. Anthony Tuminello. He is the creator of method training. I refer to him as the goat. He is the goat. I will attest to that. So now you and Anthony, you're working. Uh, What is one of the first things you remember Anthony doing as far as your diet go? Um, Pretty much just kind of trying to change my life. So we did not go balls to the walls, competition prep right away, chicken, rice, asparagus, like, it wasn't like that because he knew I wouldn't be able to maintain that. So we took a slow, steady approach. Like I just got done talking to a guy who messaged me earlier asking for some advice. And it's pretty much like, ooh, I just lost my train of thought. No, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, I asked you, what was, uh, what was one of the first things that Anthony taught you when you first uh, started working with him? So like, oh yeah, as it, far as a, like the diet and everything like that. Yeah, it's just a slow approach, especially when you're coming from being so overweight, eating that much. You don't want to just dive straight into it head on so crazy because you're not going to be able to maintain that. Okay. And you were working with Anthony one-on-one in the gym or you were working, where were you working with Anthony? I've been working with Anthony in the gym since I was about 15 years old. Okay. So we just continue to doing it like that, Uh, diet, nutrition, training, all that. Very nice. Very nice. So take me through... Um, take me through this point, you know, as, as best you can in detail of, of, you know, you starting out this, this weight loss journey and just walk me through, I just paint me a picture. So, like I said, pretty much, uh, since I was about eight, nine years old, I've been facing that obesity issue and over time it did spiral out of control and it mm-hmm. didn't get to the point 
until I started losing some family members to some unrelated deaths and facing my own issues with depression, anxiety, stuff like that, and weight related issues that I knew that I needed to make a change. So eventually, and it it was not overnight. I didn't get that big overnight. I took my time, hard, hard work, but I eventually started to get that weight off. Mm -hmm. And pretty much the rest is history from there. Once that weight came off, I was blessed to do it in a place where I had somebody who was watching me pretty much the whole time. And that was your uncle Lou. And eventually I got to the point where he came up to me and he goes, listen, like you ever think about being a personal trainer? I was like, Lou, uh, I've been trying to do that for like three years now. He's like, all right, well, I got an idea. I'm going to talk to the owner. We'll see if we can get you a job training here, but you got to help my nephew out. All right, not a problem. I'll help out whoever you want. And then unbeknownst to me, you come trotting out of the elevator. <laughs> See, I don't even I don't Hold even up. know Did that end trot? of the story. Can you can you can you what can you just oh, I trotted to me? Hobble, hobble. hobble. Oh yeah. <laughs> Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down, David. We didn't fall down. You definitely did not fall down. Ah, I love it. I love See, it. now I didn't know that. I didn't know that end of the story. Like I knew my uncle had come up to you and said that, you know, I had a little bit of a problem and, you know, mm-hmm. I needed help, but I had no idea that he was maybe the reason why you started to become a trainer. So See, I heard you talk about that yesterday and I immediately was like, oh, Lou's getting that shout out. Oh yeah. No, that's crazy to me. That, that's wild. So I'm, wait, was I really, I was your first client? Is that, is you that really? one of them? Yeah. Wow. All right, so so now you're working out. Now, when I when we met, you were you were you were in pretty good shape. I mean, you still mm-hmm. had a little bit of a belly, but you were you were rocking and rolling. Were you? Now this brings us to I think late 2015, early 2016. So were you still in the middle of your weight loss journey? Were you kind of you know finishing up and sanding the edges? Like where were you at that point when we first met? Well, the edges are always getting sanded. You know yeah. that. But uh, I think that I was still in the middle of my weight loss journey, even though most of the weight was off. Because it, it really wasn't until about a year and a half later that I finally did decide to step on stage. And that was at that point where I kind of felt like, all right, that fat loss, worrying about the scale, that journey was over. Now it's time to take that new step. I, I had that exact same thing with me. It was because, uh, I mean, if you don't know, I was 410 at my heaviest. Jesus. Um, yeah. And um, my first three I just want to let everyone know they're both lightweights, okay? Yeah. Compared Uh, to you, yes. You know who the alpha fat man male over here is. (laughs) Um, And my first, all I focused on was the weight loss side of things. I barely strength trained. I just went cardio for the first 150 pounds of my weight loss and then had my two excess skin removal surgeries. Um, And then I look back and I was like, I'm just like a wiry little, little schmuck. Yeah. But then, yeah. but it felt good as a transition point of like, the obesity's done, the fat's gone. Now let's get chiseled. <laughs> oh yeah, and it also helps to know like, all right, I did that. So really, what can I do? Exactly. But, but it, it is it is very interesting how you and I had the same approach, which was like, just get the fat off first, and then we can develop our body into what we want it to. Look oh yeah. Like. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was always lifting and developing and definitely strength training since before I even started the weight loss journey. Mm-hmm. But for me, before I could really take that next step, just mentally to get on stage, I knew that I had to have that all off. Mm-hmm. So how did you ditch the relationship with um, the obsession of the scale? Because I know when me and you started working together, we weren't that obsessed, especially in the beginning, mm-hmm. about really the scale kind of moving. It was more about just getting me moving more than anything. So how did you, you know, 
kind of defeat that obsession with with knowing where your weight is at and stuff like that? Honestly, I'm not going to say competing, but that realm of competition, because it really does. It comes down to an illusion with bodybuilding, right? So I could be 50 pounds heavier than you, but because our height's different and we pose different, we look different. So that number, like it matters. Don't get me wrong. It matters. But it's not the end all be all. If you look good, you feel good, your clothes fit good, you're healthy. What does a number matter? Right. Exactly. And that's what I wanted to get into your head. I agree. That, that's that helped me a lot. I literally, yeah. th- that, that fits. I mean, that hit me um, in my transformation. Cause again, that, that the only, it, it was, it was dangerous for me at first. Cause like, people get caught up in this. My only sense of progress for the first 150 pounds was the number on the scale. Oh yeah. And which it, it's good to have some type of sense of progress, but it's dangerous too, because mm-hmm. after the 150 plus pounds, the two X skin removal surgeries, and I got into strength training, I had about a three month mental breakdown because I was getting so frustrated that my number on the scale wasn't changing. I was looking better. Mm -hmm. My shoulders were growing. My chest was growing. My bench was getting better. Everything was getting better in progress, but I had put so much emphasis on the number on the scale that I had like a three month little hiatus where I was frustrated, even though I was progressing. Yeah. Cause uh, it's just programmed into us that when the scale goes up, that means we're getting fat. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had a huge problem with that. A very oh, big yes. problem with that. So, so now talk me through um, your eating habits at the time, it, it, mostly in your weight loss journey. Like before, before the competing went on, before you, know, you stepped on stage, how were you and Anthony really getting off this fat as quickly as possible to get you to you know, the goals that you wanted to meet? Um, we immediately started crushing cardio. Like David okay. said, cardio was huge for me. Lifting was huge for me and changing my style of lifting. I grew up lifting more like a football player and a power lifter, just throwing shit around. I had to turn that into more of learning how to contract my muscles, squeeze, burn, get all that out of it, which does play a big impact in what you're doing in the gym calorie wise when it comes to burning. Right. So you were doing more of a a high rep, low weight, right? I mean, like I've done with you, we've done a little bit, a little bit of everything with the, with the training in the gym. Drop sets are my go-to. I don't know. Uh, drop sets oh, and just burnouts. Absolutely. That's, that's like my, that's my bread and butter today is just all drop sets and burnouts. Yeah. We combine it all, do some low reps, do some drop sets, higher reps, change it all up. So we're jumping around a lot here. Um, I, now I wanted to talk really quick about the, the tools that you went to implemented on like a, uh, a mental level. Cause one of the big things, and I attest this all the time, whenever I'm on a podcast, I credit you. So one of the big things that you taught me was uh, accountability. So for those that don't know, before I got into this whole weight loss journey and everything, accountability meant absolutely nothing to me. Like zero, zilch, nada. And when I met Steve, Steve, the first thing he told me was, if you really want this, you need to be accountable. Well, I looked at Steve and I said, what the fuck is accountability? And he goes, when you say something that you're going to do, you actually have to follow through with it and you know, actually do those things that you're saying you're going to do, which blew my mind like oh i'm actually supposed to follow through with my actions now like i can't just say i'm gonna just lie to myself right so so what really taught you um this accountability life like how did you stay accountable to the things that you want because again you were 315 pounds you wanted to go be a football player you know you didn't know where life was going to take you how Mm -hmm. did you become accountable to saying okay i'm going to drop this weight i'm going to step on stage i'm going to look the best that i've ever looked in my whole entire life 
Okay. So once I really lost the weight and did all that, I kind of proved to myself that I can do things that I never imagined possible. So yeah, when I was going through my weight loss journey, it was scary and I was unsure. But once I did that and I lost that 115 pounds, it showed me that, all right, I really can set these big, crazy goals right. and truly believe that I'm going to achieve it to the point where I'm going to put it out there because I'm that confident that I'm going to do these things. Were you writing down your goals? Like, were you physically um, like, you know, typing them out, writing them out, saying, you know, I want to lose, you know, 15 pounds by whatever date or how are you kind of breaking this up? Because no one loses 115 pounds in a day. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. You know what I'm yeah, I didn't really have any timeline goals for that. I was kind of, like I said, we took a slow, steady approach at first. So it was just kind of letting everything go how it was supposed to go. Once we got into the realm of competing, then it's a different story. We got our goals written down, timeline, show set up, photo shoot set up, all that. So now, now that like? yes, I do. What's that like, competing life? Because, I mean, I don't compete. I've never competed. I know oh, David's this, competed. This, this, is, this is a conversation over here. Like, yeah. So <laughs> it's a, I, I want you guys to chop it up about the competing end of things. It's definitely a unique life. Uh, you got to be strong-willed to do it, to be able to eat five, six times a day. Sometimes you're eating the same thing six times a day. You mm -hmm. get to the point where I'm eating fish for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then three meals in between. And, you know, that's just part of it. But if you got that will, and especially if you've done it before and you've seen the results of that work, it's a lot easier and you're able to enjoy it. But I'm, it's I'm definitely not for the week. Your first, your first competition um, – Obviously, you also have a, a sense of, I mean, a vast majority of competitors, not all, are genetic specimens that they change a couple things and they can do incredible things. Mm -hmm. With having that 100 plus weight loss story on top of it, there is a certain level of just what's, what's naturally capable and all that kind of stuff. How was your first experience stepping on stage competing comparing yourself to everyone around you did you do did you do well with that or did you have some struggles um I think leading up to it I struggled leading up to it I I not even gonna lie I truly thought I was gonna be a one and done thing I was miserable <laughs> I, <remember> I, <laughs> I I hated it yeah, oh yeah John can attest to that I was a miserable fuck but uh <laughs> yeah, once I got up there and, and was talking to the people backstage I kind of just I wasn't looking around judging everybody I was just enjoying my hard work in the moment and I mean, as soon as I walked off the stage, that was like, all right, one and done. Mm -mm, I'm fucking hooked. Yeah. What were, what were you competing at? Like, what was your general? I mean, obviously, we, as we know, it doesn't completely matter. But what was your weight on stage? And where were you kind of body fat at? Uh, my weight on stage the first year, I was 197 pounds. So that was the lightest weight that I've ever reached. And I pray I will ever reach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, that was, this will blow your mind. So and this, it's, it's crazy. People don't understand when you don't do something that's sustainable, and this is where a lot of people get into trouble, um, is they do something, again, there's nothing wrong with very restrictive diets if you understand the fact that you're going to have to reverse out of it. You're going to have to work your way out of it, but most people don't mm -hmm. get that. That's why they have this roller coaster, diet roller coaster of everything going on. And I was, my competition weight, I was two, I'm, I'm six, one and a half, six, two. I was 212 on stage and I was probably like, ah, like 10%, maybe 12% body fat, somewhere in that range. Um, and nine weeks, I had a whole plan to reverse diet. I was down to, cause I blew up my ACL or my, I blew up my PCL, um, the, a year to the day before my competition. 
I wanted to prove a point that no matter what's going on in your life, you can do it. And I was 280 because I was my, I was my body. Like I was on like the, this just growth stage of, of bodybuilding. Mm -hmm. And so I was at 280, probably around 28, 30% body fat, tear my PCL playing basketball in November. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And a year later, I went from 280, 30% to 212, um, probably 12%, 10%. And, but I was the last six weeks going into the prep, I was down to like 1300 calories a day of just straight protein. And I was doing cardio for two and a half hours a day. It was brutal. Right in November, you get this. I would in, in nine weeks afterwards, I went from 212 to 256 in nine weeks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Your body is definitely like a sponge as soon as you are done with the, uh, with the competition prep. Cause like you said, you're at a very calorie restricted state. So like you, you, for example, were eating about 1300 calories. Mm-hmm. That is very low for a man who is six foot one over 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. So as soon as those calories start cranking back up, your body is like, all right, give me them. I'll suck all that shit in and I'm going to hang on to it all. Yep. So that's why I've been there before too. I usually competed around 4%, 5% body fat. And my first couple of shows, I didn't know how to reverse diet. I blew up. My stomach was bloated out. I was up 20 pounds in two days. And again, John <laughs> yeah, can yeah. attest to that because he saw wild, me. And he heard like me bitching wild. and moaning and pain. It was yeah. like I had the sweats all the time. It was, it was horrendous. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. where the learning, the learning process comes from. Now my last show, we did it different and my body reacted different. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's fascinating too, is like, just from what you said right there, I think it's so important. This is what John and I hit so hard is like figuring out your body. And when you get to a level of, I'm just going to live a healthy lifestyle and I'm going to figure out what my body needs, how my body feels to things. You have a whole different sense of nutrition. You have a whole different sense of how your body works. Cause like now it's like, Oh Yeah. I did something stupid. I did this. I gained 20 pounds. The bloat was killing me. I was getting mm-hmm. meat sweats and like, I, I know what that's not, and I'm going to get away from that. And so yeah, you most know the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And you have that big guilt. part. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Cause that's why you got to learn it. If you know what you're putting in your body, you have a much better understanding. And then, like you said, you've done it before. So there's not that guilt. Like, all right, whatever. I put on 20 pounds. I've already taken off 115. I could do that again. No problem. Mm-hmm. What's a day of eating for you when you're in the middle of prep? So people actually know how crazy you get. Um, I mean, it it all depends. I usually, depending how far out from the shows we are, I meet with my coach, Anthony, at least uh, every other week. And that's when we'll make diet adjustments. But like, for example, two weeks ago, I was eating like, let's see, 300 grams, about a cup and a half of carbs, six ounces of protein and veggies for like six meals a day. Now we changed it up a little bit. So we're going same protein, six meals a day, but we'll lower the carbs down. When we get closer to the show, we'll switch the fish. We'll lower the carbs on certain days, go medium, high, all different shit. We get, we get wild. If you ever want to see Steve in his most miserable state, wait till he gets to like tilapia week with minimal amount of rice and, and just yeah. mustard because then he wait turns into microwave a psycho. tilapia week when Steve's training John. That's, yeah. That's the most miserable. <laughs> oh my gosh. What, um, did you, did you, uh, do the whole dehydration going into prep week? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that... We'll, uh, we'll start messing with water. Like towards the end of the week, we don't do anything crazy cutting water, getting too dehydrated. Nothing, nothing too yeah, nutty. I went, um, I went cause I did my whole bodybuilding show. Everything I did was me. 
I, I, I mm. YouTubed and researched and felt my body out. The only, I did have a personal trainer when I transitioned from cardio to strength training for like mm. 12 sessions, just to make sure I was a basic yeah, had the good standing form. fundamentals of form and everything. Um, but I did all, like all the nutrition side of things. It was through clinical research and like kind of looking at it. So I did the, the prep week going into it. I did two and a half gallons a day, um, Monday, Tuesday, then a gallon and a half Wednesday. And then Thursday, Friday, it was as little as I could. So less than a liter. Um, yeah, and, that's similar. Yeah. And oh my gosh, like how thirsty you are going into Saturday morning. And now you're like thimbles oh, yeah. of water as minimal as you can. I think the worst part is because I'll get up to two, three gallons sometimes coming up to it. And the 20, 20 minute drive home from work with traffic when you're pounding three gallons a day. Mm hmm. You really start trying to get creative with ideas on where to pee. But then I'll be, I'll be intrigued to get to know from your, from your perspective too, because I'm a huge health and happiness guy. Mm. And what's really nice about health is there's a nice balance to it. You don't have to have six pack abs to be healthy. And oftentimes, depending on the person, you can be quite unhealthy with six pack abs, both physically yeah. and mentally. Cause you're just so you have such a skewed sense of reality on what mm. six pack abs means and how you have to get there. Um, so from your experience, especially with people that are in the physique space, what percentage would you say is living a unhealthy and probably unhappy physique life? Is it 10% um, of, the, of the competitors, 50% of the competitors? I wouldn't even be able to guess, honestly. I think that I think that to be able to compete and do something like this, you have a reason to. There's something in you, whether it be uh, just that drive or a loss or something that just pushes you to be able to put yourself through this, which I give everyone who competes massive amounts of credit for, mm -hmm. to be able to put your body, your mind, and all that through that to achieve a goal of getting on stage and looking a certain way. No, 100%. So you're prepping right now, right, Steve? Oh, yeah. This is a, a fun one. And uh, when are you supposed to compete? Right now with coronavirus. I mean, we have no idea, but Steve's actually been prepping since right before lockdown. So when, was, when were you supposed to compete? Um, originally, I started prepping the day after Valentine's Day, and we were supposed to get on stage June 1st. Okay. So now it's looking like we may be able to get on stage August 1st. Okay, so now knowing that you have kind of like an extra two months to play with, how does that affect where your diet is at right now? Like, did you did you kind of push everything back a little bit or are you kind of mm -hmm. just going at the same schedule and when you get there, you get there? So that's the tough part with this. Like I said, me and Anthony will talk bi-weekly about my diets and stuff. The MPC is very good about updating on what's going on with the shows. So once one gets pushed back, if we set our eyes on another, then we'll adjust accordingly. That gets pushed back. All right, whatever, adjust accordingly. So we'll keep my calories higher. My cardio will be lower. We won't right. get too crazy with anything until we know for a definite, like, all right, now we're 100% X weeks out. We could really hammer down and focus on this day. So we're not at uh, tilapia and mustard yet. We're still uh, eating chicken. No, nope. okay. nope. we're still at chicken now. So don't be afraid <laughs> to come by and train. Good. I need to know what I'm walking into, you know, because you are a very angry man. On oh, I got you. I got yeah. you. Um, so Gosh. what made you start training? I want to kind of bring this back a little bit, kind of take it away from the uh, from the physical competitions. What made you say, okay, I want to be the trainer instead of the trainee now? I think Anthony, just because 
the way that I felt mentally and physically before I started my journey to how I felt after. And I will fully give him all the credit for that. Mm -hmm. That was something that I didn't know existed in me. Mm -hmm. And it just gave me that drive to want to be able to do that for others. Well, I'm going to say you're kind of a, a psychopath because not only did you just become a trainer, you decided to take on a client who was 510 pounds at his heaviest, had no idea what he was doing uh, physically, mentally, or anything, had no idea what a carb was or protein was. So like, I want to know from your point of view, like, I, I don't mean to make this about me, but like when we first met, what was going through your head? Like, I understand that you wanted to take on this challenge. I get it. You're a competitive guy. You, you, you kind of crush every goal that you set for yourself. Mm -hmm. But when you looked at me, you had to see like a problem. Like what was going through your head? I think the first thing that I thought was, shit, this is going to be fun <laughs> if we vibe. Because <laughs> I knew that if I, could, if I could get through through your fucking thick Italian skull that I would be able to brainwash you. Right. And I did it. You did. Now, you no, did. but seriously, I, I saw you and I, I knew that if you really wanted to achieve the goal of losing weight and getting healthy, that I would be able to help you do it. And I right. would be able to help give you that same feeling of satisfaction that Anthony once gave me. So take me through because I, there's going to be people listening to this who, you know, are at a similar point to where I started out. So take me through how you kind of taught me how to work out. Where did we start? Slow. Nice and slow. Don't be afraid to step outside of the box. Everybody sees uh, this set square of, okay, you got to do this, 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 and this. And John could attest to it. He couldn't fit into machines. He couldn't fit in that box. We had to get creative and do things that worked for somebody who was six foot five, 500 pounds with a limp. Yeah. There's not many cardio things and leg exercises. Like it, there is, but it's tough. Right. We had to make it work for you. Mm -hmm. And that's where I appreciate you having that faith in me for me to tell you, all right, John, we're going to step on and off of this two inch box with a five pound weight in your hand for like 10 minutes. And you are okay. And we did that for a while. We did, but it worked because we had to go at your body's pace yep, and you knew it. You knew it when we started and you would be completely gassed reaching for the inhaler. And then one day it's like, Oh shit, I don't need that inhaler now. Yep. I, I can, that's huge on my end too. Cause like in my book, I, I talk about, um, like for anyone listening, that's, that's a hundred plus pounds overweight. I am a, and this is probably against popular personal training opinion. I don't even think you should be doing anything strength training for the first hundred pounds of weight loss. Like it just needs to be move the body more, whatever strategy you want to take just to mm -hmm. burn calories that's because like for me, um, I talk about my book, like, so my freshman year of college, my roommate was a state champion cross country, uh, star who was also a gamer. So, so it's a great combo. <laughs> um, but it, he had his genetic prowess that he could eat an entire pizza to himself and still be a six packs. What just, it's just shenanigans, but it's just a reality. And, um, he, we made a bet my freshman year that I couldn't work out for 30 straight days. And I was like, okay, oh, I can, I can work out for 30 straight days. And of course I chose strength training. So it was, I did splits. I did leg day, push day, pull day, arm day. And I, and I, I went at it. Well, the reality was my body was so unprepared for that kind of just 
trauma on the muscles Mm -hmm. that the amount of cramps I was dealing with, the amount of just pain and frustration that brought, I quit. I'm like, this isn't fun. Like I'm already, I'm already kind of mentally weak and you're just going to destroy my body to the point where now it's like, (laughs) I I pull a muscle now I cramp out now. There's a whole different cause I'm I'm mentally prepared for it. But like for someone who's a hundred pounds plus overweight, it's like, just, just start moving. Like whatever strategy, if you got a bad knee, it was like, for me, it was, I had a bad knee where um, running was just not part of the equation. Yep. Like, and so I incline walked. That was my, that was my way of figuring out strategies to just burn calories. I incline put up, I put it at seven to 10 degrees, two and a half miles an hour and just cruised, (laughs) put on Netflix and just hung out. (laughs) You don't even want to know what Steve had for me to do. We did uh, the most random things in the world. Um, All about movement. Yeah. And the blood in the muscle with the movement. That's all we needed. Yeah. I like we were picking up broomsticks and stupid things like that and just kind of just getting me to move. Like, like I said before, we were doing the whole lightweight, high rep thing for a while. If I could fit in a machine, um, I have to say for you to start out just fresh into the, the training world and to take on a challenge like myself, you were just, you're the man. I'm going to be honest with you. You are, you are, nah, you're a ballsy. I Cause that was, I that was, you. I appreciate you. I mean, literally, that was like a make it or break it in your career, starting out. And but now you're, you're in the. Uh, I knew it. Zero yeah, to now you was there. Zero to five hundred. <laughs> real quick. Real quick. He was like, "Oh, I want to be a trainer, guys." And then here comes Humpty Dumpty coming up the fucking elevator, like a. Oh, Bring him on. Yeah, Steve, can you can you help me lose ten pounds so I can have abs? <laughs> can you just help me make it to thirty-five? <laughs> I just don't want to die in the next three years. Can you move my body up to, so I don't die in the next three years? Do it don't all, want baby. To die. <laughs> so, so now you're competing, you're training, um, you're training full time. That that's your only career right now, right? Is you're a personal yep. trainer. And where are you training at? I work at ProFit in Deer Park. It is by far the best gym on Long Island. Very nice. And you now work with Anthony, right? Yes, we uh, we work alongside each other. We both uh, represent his wonderful brand method training and uh, I'm extremely grateful for that and everything else he's taught me and shown me over the years. Okay. Now um, what I like to ask people kind of towards this end of the podcast is if you could go back and talk to, you know, 12 year old Steve who is obese, he's playing sports, you know, he thinks he wants to go into the NFL. He has no idea what the hell life has for him. Uh, what is 24 year old, 25 year old Steve saying to 12 year old Steve? Um, I think that I would tell myself that it will get better if you want it to get better. I like that. Plain and simple. I like that. I like that a lot. And if you can, can you give, uh, the listeners at home three tools or tips, uh, just how to stay accountable, you know, with what they're doing and how to reach their goals? Um, I would say definitely pitchers. Take pictures of yourself at your most unflattering angles. I promise you, like it did for me, like it did for John, it will make you feel like shit at first. Oh, yeah. But one day, you will look back on that and you will go, holy shit, thank God I listened to Steve and I took this fucking pitch. Because <laughs> who knows? You could be 300 pounds later inspiring people all over the world like John does. Uh, so I, definitely I pictures. That's massive. Real quick, just before Everybody. I the next two, um, I re- that's one of my biggest regrets at this yeah. point. 
So you know the the shirtless picture of me um, that that's like my main my main mm-hmm. before picture. Yeah, I was already down seventy five pounds when I took that picture. Oh really? Because every time I took a you picture make- of myself shirtless at four hundred and ten pounds, I delete it. It freaked me out too much. Yeah, it was the same way. That picture of me in the blue underwear. I think I was like two eighty five there or something. I already yeah, lost about I, thirty pounds because I was too ashamed to do it. One hundred percent. And so I, I I'm a firm believer. Like take that before picture. That is huge. Yeah, I think I think my before picture, I'm only down about like 30 pounds or so because Steve was yeah, we, all over I, my back about taking a picture. Mm-hmm. And I tried so hard to never take this picture. God, you did. I literally me. begged. Yeah, he did. He begged. He was like, listen, if you're going through this, you're really doing this. You need to take this picture because you're going to kick yourself in the ass if you don't. And I was like, but I look mm-hmm. so bad. And he's like, nope. He's like, you got to do it. He's like, if you don't do it, I'm not training you. And I was like, come on, man. And I remember being embarrassed as hell being in my boxer shorts and going up to my father and being like could you just take this shirtless picture of me i know this is really flexing really quick (laughs) and yeah and now that 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 picture is a staple of my journey oh yeah knocking on death's door like hello housekeeping (laughs) ain't nobody home nobody home (laughs) so give me the uh give me the next two so i would say um your peers who you surround yourself with I surround myself with like-minded, goal-driven individuals who are going to stay on my ass about me keeping on my shit. Mm -hmm. If I start slipping, I know for a fact that I'm going to have one of you guys coming over and saying, yo, what the fuck you doing? Right. Like plain and simple. Surround yourself with good, positive, like-minded people if that's what you want to be surrounded with. Surround Mm -hmm. yourself with shit, you're going to attract shit. That's right. It's simple. Yep. If you hang out with dead people, you're going to die. That's something that I've always said. And last but not least, give us that final bit of accountability tool. Um, never be complacent. It's okay to be proud with where you're at and happy with your progress, but don't settle. Just because I lost 115 pounds, that didn't mean that I was done. I want to take it to the next level. Right. I got on that NPC stage. I competed a few times. I didn't stop there. Now I want to get to that national stage to then get to the pro stage to keep climbing and climbing. Don't just sit back and be okay with what you have. If you want something bigger and it, it's a crazy ass dream. Who gives a shit? Go for it. Worst thing that happens is you tried. What's your end goal? My end goal. I mean, obviously, you know, I would like to turn pro one day and be able to do basically anything and everything that I can do modeling, TV, movies, whatever. Oh, but yeah. really, it's all to just get myself to the point where I have an audience that's really, really big enough to impact and help. I want to be able to share my story like you do to be able to help basically us from back in the day i want to be able to help that 17 year old kid crying on his bed feeling lost right i want him to see my shit and know like oh wow like this dude went from that to an ifbb pro or whatever looking like that any had anxiety like if he could do it why can't i that's right that's a poll that's what i, I mean, that, that was one of my big motivate like that that transition was huge for me where um after i'd lost about 50 60 pounds and I realized that people around me started losing weight. I was like, wow, my life is more than just me. Like mm-hmm. my decisions and actions and results positively or negatively affect the people around me. It's like, I have to be a beacon because who else is going to do it? Exactly. You right. have the strength to do it. So why not go all, all out and be able to help others? Mm-hmm. Remember, it's you versus you. And I think that that's something very big that Steve taught me since the beginning of my journey was that the only person that you're competing with when, when you go on this journey is yourself and you will make or break your journey. Mm-hmm. Would you kind of, kind of agree with that, Estefan? 
absolutely. It all comes down to you, even stepping on stage. As long as I personally get better, I'm happy. That's all it's about. You don't got to compete with nobody else out there in life or whatever. Just be better for yourself. Are you taking on clients right now? Well, when this is over, are you taking on clients? When this is over, absolutely. I'll be taking on clients. Uh, we like to do stuff more in person. I will take online people if that's something you're interested in. But uh, I highly recommend if you are in the New York area to come by ProFit Deer Park. We are the best gym on Long Island. We got the best stuff, the best staff, the best training crew, owner, gym mascot, everything. And I'll be there. So, you know. Oh, and of course, out John, Steve. John's beautiful faces there. You could hear us yell across the gym with Anthony and everybody. It's a fun time. It is. It's a good time. And where can people find you on social media? Uh, my Instagram is at Arnone65. You can follow me there. Follow along with my journey, some of the clients, competing, all that. Very good. Steve, I really appreciate you coming on today. Um, it was really nice to kind of talk more about you than it is to talk about me. It Even was we nice. Did, we, we, should, we, did, we should do you know, this more. <laughs> yeah, we should. We, you know, we'll definitely have you back on just so you know we can uh, talk more about you. And I definitely want to catch up again later on down the road and know where you're at as far as going pro because I'm letting you know right now, ladies and gentlemen, if 2020 is a wash by 2021, Steve will be pro. So and, I appreciate uh, you, brother. I appreciate you both. Yeah, you appreciate you, brother. Love you. Thank you again. And uh, Love you too, man. Thank you all for uh, joining in with us. David, any last words? I, I just, it, it's just always fun to uh, find someone that not only had the body transformation, but did the competition just kind of do a different, different level. So I appreciate kind of you sharing your, your story on that. And uh, Oh, absolutely. I was happy to hear that you've been through pretty much a similar journey. Oh, that was awesome. The face, the, 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 the prep week final face, there's nothing like Oh, it, the man. sunken in cheeks. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Steve looks like, looks like Skeletor. Yep. There it is. See, I told you. <laughs> He looks like Skeletor from He-Man. Like we're, keeping the, we're keeping it ragged now. <laughs> I love it. Well, I appreciate teams. you as well. That was this, this has been it's been a good good episode, and I'm, I'm intrigued too in the future. Um, obviously, story is the most important thing for the start because it, it, it impacts the belief in the people. Um, but mm -hmm. I would love in future episodes where we can kind of do some more nitty gritty and like some people like okay what do I do? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, you're going to be a, you're going to be a fun one to have on to be like, all right, absolutely. Let's, let's talk I'll come back whenever you guys want me. Yeah. 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 Steve, Steve's going to be our, uh, our team uh, trainer. So we're going to, we're going to go to him for all the training advice. <laughs> gotcha. All, all right, Steve. fam. Well, until next week or next time, or in five minutes when you do the next episode, yeah. uh, it was a pleasure and we will talk to you shortly.